Welcome to Today's Watch Degrassi, the podcast where my expertise and my skepticism shines a new rainbow on this Canadian after school special. So, I know the content warnings are done alphabetically, but they really should be done by what's most prevalent. Okay, so you're referring to the fact Alcohol use, foul language, sexual content, and violence. There's two of those that feature way more predominantly. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's inaccurate. And speaking of content warnings, this is pretty much the first episode where we've hit really intense themes. Uh, pedophilia in the first episode. Yeah, I guess that was a little bit intense. Um, And then I guess some people might take Ashley taking ecstasy to heart. But um, I want to... Who hasn't done ecstasy and instead (laughs) of being embraced with love and empathy called your friend a hick? I mean, we all had that experience where going we to just... a rave, taking Molly, <laughs> and then just breaking up with your friends, making a big scene. Maybe you even broke a vase at the rave. Does she break a vase? Yeah, she does. But point being that this episode features sexual violence, sexual assault. So please be aware of that. Um, I'm sure that if you're listening to this, you've seen these episodes time and time again like we have, but... Perhaps you skip them, like some of us do whenever their partner's re-watching it. Yeah, David doesn't like these episodes. He really is upset by these ones. But you're okay, right? Yeah. And we're going to get through this, and I know it's hard, but there's still things to learn from it and to, I don't know, there's lessons to gleam, and Paige is... And whatever, it's a thing that actually happened to a lot of people, unfortunately, and trying to sugarcoat the world that these aren't lived experiences is a disservice to the people who survive things like that Mm -hmm. definitely and ashley says it later in another episode but one in four women experiences assault sexual violence by the time they're you know in college age university age so i honestly think it's probably higher because i mean I feel like getting your butt groped is like assault. And even as a dude, I've experienced getting my butt groped. And so I think it's like one of those, like, it's just so common that people are like, oh, that's not, you know, like, that's just what, I, you know? People are like, it, someone didn't do X, Y, or Z, so it wasn't sexual assault. But it's like, that's... Definitely. I have experienced something similar at a very young age, you know, I think I was 12 or 13, like, one of those situations, I don't know about you, but I was, like, on a trolley, and it's like, I don't know who did it, no way to know, and it's just, 
it's a very violating feeling, you know? You go from being a kid and everything's great and then suddenly people are preying on you, you know? So And likewise, like sometimes like you don't wanna like sort of think about how terrible the situation was, you know? You kinda like throw it away like, oh well that you know that's just what happens in the city or whatever and it's like no that's freaking weird like that shouldn't be happening luckily you know from when i was younger i've grown and especially when i'm out with friends or out with people i will very much yell at someone if they are crossing a line i have seen you yell at people that were crossing lines with friends and it works because it's the only way mm-hmm. to get the bouncers slash security to notice things. Yeah. And their way, if you're uh, at least a woman, you know, like yeah. or they, like or me, present people as think, a woman. Yeah, people think I'm a woman. People I'm not. Well, more likely. Yeah. I don't you take yell, your side as a way. You yell I mean, fuck it's not off like, at the top of your lungs at someone, then it makes the bouncers pay attention so Mm -hmm. you know it's never your fault if you get assaulted um but don't be afraid to feel empowered and to speak up and scream and holler and you know okay that's our big giant buffer to how intense this episode's gonna be but we're still gonna keep it light we're gonna do our best so here we go shout This is a song by Tears for Fears. It's a 1984 song. Obviously, there's a ton of songs that are titled Shout, but I'm sure that this is the song intended as it's an 80s song, mid-80s, around when the original show came out, and that's the era when most of the title songs are from. So, Anything to glean from the lyrics, or is it just an 80s song? Here, let's, I mean... Whatever, I edit it, so let's go ahead and go listen to it. It's really funny because my YouTube history is just a mix of Degrassi, deleted scenes, bloopers, clips, and then like 80s music videos, and then other random stuff we look up, like the union label (laughs) videos, and... Here we go with the synopsis. Paige is Gaga for the soccer star from the rival school Bardell. Where's Earl Grey? They're busy making tea. So the rivals are a different school now? They have multiple rivals. They have a set of schools in their district. Earl Grey is one of them. Bardell is another one. And there's some others that come and go later on, like, uh, shoot, what's the name of the one that burns down? Lakehurst is one that, like, enters later. And then also... So Lakehurst, not their rivals, Lakehurst or Earl Grey, it's Bardell this episode. I'm so, like... Toronto is I went to, uh private school so like we played against the other schools in the district like the public schools 
and like there's one rivalry like there's one where it's like the team you have to beat and the others like you realistically do not care I don't know what it is for soccer and football for mine, but for rugby, yeah, to like they were the toughest team. Okay, but Toronto's way bigger than the city we live in. I still like. I still don't think like I don't know. This is current numbers, not back in the day. Hang on, let me see. So, uh, the population's been somewhat steady through the two thousands. It's been above 2 million, closer to 3 million now. Whereas the city we live in, or I don't know, I guess. Okay, our county is half a million. Okay, I'll give you that. So So it's it's, a big difference that. So there's just automatically, they're going to be playing with more schools because there's more schools in Toronto. Even though... Our, like, city seems big. It's not. We do kind of... I'm not saying our city seems big. I'm just saying there's, like, a lot of rivalries. Like, suddenly this person's the rival, and now this is the rival team. And it would just be nice if there was a little consistency. Like, it would be nice instead of this guy being from Bardell if it was actually Earl Grey. Like, if they kept it, or if they just keep Bardell, or if they just kept Lakehurst. Like... They just made it consistent. That would be. No, you're not wrong there. They're always introducing new schools that don't seem to exist. Like, they go through all these rivalries in these seasons, and they never mention like cursed. I mean, like I said, the only thing I can guess about is, like I said, with different sports, there's different schools that you actually care to be. Because some schools suck. Uh, XYZ sport but are really good at one sport. Paige is gaga for the soccer star from the rival school Bardell. But when she goes to a party to see him something terrible happens. Also JT and Toby are fighting over their locker. This is one of the first examples of an episode where the A plot sort of is so intense that the existence of the B plot sort of is almost comical. And I usually try to connect the two stories in the synopsis, but comparing... I think the seriousness of the A plot needs to be juxtaposed to a different B-plot that is comic relief. It's an interesting thing about Degrassi because they really go there with the plots, obviously. But at the same time, sometimes they... I mean, I guess it's showing, you know, life goes on while something terrible is happening to someone else. I mean, I guess I'd say the one connection you could make for it is the fact that JT is in future episodes going to become a big part of Paige's I don't know not recovery but her you know mm-hmm. and is one of her biggest supporters and it also like changes their dynamic from him just crushing on her to actually 
caring about her as a friend mm-hmm. in future episodes. So Their relationship, even though JT's kind of like lost puppy at first, it becomes really sweet because he really supports her and is like, you know, like you said, uh, confident and like an advocate or whatever for her while she's going through that stuff. So, All right, let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay. Started looking at my search history. Lacey Chevet, IMDb, Dragon Tales, <laughs> New Dupree. So we're coming up in the scene. The cheerleaders are cheering for the Degrassi boys playing a soccer game. It's a little bit strange because they definitely don't play soccer outside of this episode. Paige isn't paying attention. She just has her eyes locked on Dean. She's not even cheering. I fucking hate his ass, so... I, like, can barely even say his name. I hate him. But he's a real Sigma male. I drink the blood of Sigma males. It's not even a thing. It's not a thing. I've been listening to the Twilight books on audiobook recently, so being kind of influenced by that oh Paige is going to be working on a media immersion project what is it now are they learning linux are they learning about ram maybe they're doing animations because what the fuck is that class spinner's asking Paige out for the weekend she doesn't think it's a date but he definitely thinks it is oh she's looking to date up she's yeah she's looking to date up this year the fuck does that even mean exactly what it sounds like older better faster stronger (laughs) they do a really 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 disturbing foreshadowing in the next scene all the grassy boys are in the locker room talking about Jimmy and Spinner in particular talking about Spinner's date with Paige and Jimmy says you can't make her drink but you can make her thirsty and all the boys spurt water on him and like it's like a disturbing like consent metaphor leading up to what's about to happen to Paige. Mm. Dean coins his terrible nickname Spirit for Paige. And he invites them to a party. Paige, don't go to the party. The ad-libbed, her asking where, is really bad. It's really disjointed from how her, like, mouth is actually going. I mean, obviously, that, you know, the thing that happens, but... Is this the first time he's in the mascot uniform? Is this the first time he's in the mascot costume I think it might be so introduction to JT as the mascot he's the classic and best panther mascot but let's bring in our first fashion crime me a fashion criminal Paige is wearing her classic colored glasses the uh, lattice spongy headband of the 90s fame and she's buying holographic heels oh, of Oh's renting fame. DVDs. 
Yes, and also of 90s OO's fame, a thing that literally does not exist anymore. Spinner and Jimmy are at the movie or the DVD rental store, Blockbuster. I used to have one that was called uh, Silver Screen Video in my town, but they're also buying a bunch of chips and stuff. Seven slamming spices. Doritos and Cheetos. Doritos, Frito Cheetos. Some Frito Lay, Frito Lay, right? Frito Lay. Frito Lay. And he says pretzels. I guess. But pretzels. none of them, he doesn't pick up pretzels. Jimmy ain't being paid enough by the pretzel companies. I also would like to know whatever it takes moment. Because Paige is going to do whatever it takes to make Dean like her. She cancels her date with Spinner so that she can go out with him. Okay, but he was the guy answering the door. I think that was just luck. She buys a new outfit, gets all dressed up, and literally throws herself at him. But that's what anyone does when they like someone. That's literally what I do all the time. It's not anything against her, and she didn't do anything wrong. She is just... It's just really sad to see this happen to her because she's so excited and happy. A girl even tries to warn her a little bit and say that he's a little old for you. Paige is a little bit catty and doesn't listen to her, but... um like is that another victim that's just like so also like it's kind of weird like if you were i don't know if you were a girl and like he was sus wouldn't you be like he's not who you think he is or like something less vague than he's a little old for you when he's in he's another high schooler you know like what do you mean he's a little like we're in high school like that makes no sense one so like but i guess that wouldn't work i mean it's really sad because uh paige goes through the same thing with manny later where she tries to warn manny about him it's just hard to do without sounding jealous or without exposing yourself as a victim, you know? Mm. I'm sure that if that's been, or as a survivor, rather, if you've experienced something like that, it's probably hard to, even if you're trying to warn someone else, because it's bringing up what happened to you, you know? But panning back to the B story, JT and Toby are together. They're at Toby's house, and JT is making some weird concoction. Craft Dinner is featured again. So... It is a Canadian thing? I need to know if Craft Dinner is a Canadian thing, or if South Park is referencing Degrassi. Or if it's unrelated and they're just both referencing that it's called Kraft Dinner in Canada instead of mac and cheese like it's called here. But either way, it's just wild. And he's basically mixing up Kraft Dinner and uh, Cheetos and Marshmallows. And 
like some other stuff too. Like making a weird concoction. The Cheeto sounds pretty dope. Like flavor hot Cheetos, like powder and some mac and cheese. Like flaming hot Cheeto crust on your mac and cheese. Yeah, maybe some nacho cheese. I wouldn't hate that. Did the you marshmallow. Ever, did you ever make any concoction-y type stuff as a kid? No. Like this? Only thing is like suicides at fast food restaurants. Mixing all the sodas. My mom used to let me have like crazy cake days sometimes. Um, not what I would call them now, but, uh, she had, like, a easy, like, one-step cake mix where, you, you know, whereas most cake mixes, it's like, mix this, then this, then this, then this, then this, like, and you have to do a lot of steps. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a really basic, it was called an easy, or an easy day cake mix. Mm-hmm. And so you, like, put it all together, that's all right. It was called a busy day cake mix. So, like, if you're busy, that's, like, making your cake. So, she would make the busy day cake, and then she would literally just let me add whatever I wanted to it. So, I would add, like, all the food colorings. So, it was, like, the worst color ever. It was, like, pukey green, like, type of color. And then I would add, like, a bunch of different chocolate chips and M&M's and, like, just throw in tons and tons and tons of stuff and just make, like, the densest, like... It's like when you go to a Froyo place and just put so many toppings. Exactly. But it was so good. It honestly always was really good, you know? I've told you about how I'm not a fan of cake. It's too... There's too much air in there. I'm not a fan of that. But uh, I used to love doing that. I like batter. I feel JT with his weird craft dinner mix. But as he's mixing this stuff up, he's telling Toby that he values their friendship and that he's not going to let, you know, their arguments over their dirty locker ruin their friendship because he cares more about their friendship than that. Oh, he also cuts a lime and squeezes a or a lemon and squeezes a lemon into like his concoction. I see some Tostitos in the foreground. Seven lemon spices. So there's some Tostinos or Totinos like dip or Tostinos? Tostinos? Totinos? So Paige is talking to Dean, everything's going well, but then Spinner and Jimmy walk in, and obviously she lied to Spinner about why she was breaking the date. Are they supposed to be there? No. But I mean, like, how did they get an invite? Oh, um, Jimmy got an invite somehow, because when Paige when Paige broke the plans with Spinner, then Jimmy was like, it's okay, man, I have a plan B. So he knew about the party somehow. Maybe one of the Bardell guys told him. You never know. So in order to avoid getting caught, Paige asked Dean if he wants to go somewhere more private. 
wow. they go to his friend's yeah. room with weird ass stuff like a space shuttle and right again with the super strange like lava lamp neon clock just random stuff they can see the party from upstairs he says to be quiet because her his friends are neanderthals but really it's because he's about to do something creepy yeah creepy is that the wrong way to describe it i well dean forces himself onto page she can't get away and then he pulls out a condom and that's when we know that he's planning to rape her also the music gets intense yes the music ramps up as this intense scene plays out um and it's just one of the more terrible scenes of Degrassi. Just like Emma with the creepy guy, you know, Paige is stuck in this situation. And it just sucks. I believe we mentioned this previously, but like one in four women experience sexual assault by the time they're college aged. So that's just the type of statistics that I can't handle. And didn't you once do a project about is there more sexual assault on college campuses than in outside than the outside world? And it was like, no, it's the same. Yeah. There's a lot on both, essentially. It's the same amount, too much at both. So. People think or whatever that colleges are a hotbed for sexual assault, but it's just the entire world. It's just a mirror, yeah. Paige is having, like, PTSD. She's not happy. She's acting crabby. People don't know why. Terry runs up to be... She wants to hear what happened with Dean. Oh, my gosh. They're all excited, and I guess Paige either doesn't know how to tell them that it went badly or just is kind of trying to accept it as it is and, like, just you know, like, steel wool sort of reaction. But Jimmy hears. Yeah, unfortunately, while they're talking, Jimmy overhears, so he's going to report back to Spinner. Paige doesn't have any of her essay done. She says that she worked all weekend, but that she forgot to send it to herself. I think that the subtext we're supposed to read is that she was just so upset all weekend that she didn't do anything. Ah. But they do have a funny talk about how they used to use, like, chemicals in makeup, like lead eyeliner and, you know, iron oxide and stuff. So Paige admits to Hazel that it wasn't just kissing. But Paige thinks it's, like, actually good or happy time. We're back to the weird B-plot that's weirdly shoved in, but <laughs> Toby puts up some, like, safety tape. But immediately breaks his own line rule. Accidentally with his sweater when he pulls his, like, jacket out. He says, boundaries, JT. You will obey my law. You will follow my rule. It is my way or the highway. And even though Toby's sort of being a tyrant, 
It's like a tiny bit. I don't know if there's a tiny bit of subtext there that's like subconsciously being like, you know, draw your boundaries. Like consent is important. Hmm. That is interesting. I wonder how many takes it took to kick the sweater sleeve into the trash can. I know, that's a pretty cool skilled move on JT's part, right? And I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna go ahead and give him a fashion crime at the same time. Me, a fashion criminal. Monocolor. He is wearing another monochrome outfit. This time it's navy. Navy shirt, navy hat, you know, whole thing. Star Wars? Yes. Uh, what year is this This from? is... I wrote in my notes in all caps, Star Wars Episode 1, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Was it? Well, when did that come out? 2001. See, I think it's like, I think that this aired in 2002, so they might have recorded Uh, it. Ah, so they get it a year later in in Canada. Canada. That's really ridiculous. That can't be true. It's not, but it used to be kind of like it'd be like a week later. But he, he, Star Wars comes up because Spinner wants to take Paige to it, and Jimmy ends up saying, you know, you should cool it on the Paige front because I heard that she hooked up with Dean. They were at that party we went to, and Spinner's like, no, but her grandma, I, but I, I, I didn't see her there. Dun, dun, dun. He says that, yeah, that's because she was upstairs. So they're just like, they're just confirming to each other that Paige blew him off and then, you know, did it with Dean, even though we know that it was a lot more complicated than that. And Paige is in a lot of pain right now. And Dean is, uh, hell on earth and deserves nothing less than the worst more pushing from hazel hazel keeps pushing Paige for more and more information and Paige doesn't want to talk about it obviously because like we said she is in pain Uh uh-oh spinners spinners behind them and is kind of hearing them talking about it Uh uh-oh And Paige is being really mean, which in this situation just seems like Paige being Paige. But it's actually because she's, like, really traumatized, doesn't want to think about it, doesn't want to talk about it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give Paige a fashion crime ticket. You guys want a real fashion crime? Because even though her outfit is just, it's so of the time. It's a two-piece velour velvet outfit with, like, kind of stretch pants with a built-in belt. And I love it so much. I want a copy of this outfit. Oh, damn. He asks how Dean's doing. Yeah. Spinner gets all in Paige's face, confronts her, touches her arm, and she says, don't touch me. Don't ever touch me. And he says, why not? Everyone else does. And she slaps him in the face. 
and then goes into the washroom. Obviously, don't condone slapping people, but Paige, that was uncalled for by Spinner, and obviously really didn't not what she needed to hear at that moment no one knows like what she's gone through yet so is jt just waiting there for him to come back and check out his sweater i guess so that's like pettiness level elevated i'm gonna waste my own time just so i can see you see what i ruined for you (laughs) that's a new level hazel tries to confront Paige. More so console her because of Spinner's mean comments. And that's when it comes out that Paige... Oh, her backpack. I know. I love her clear backpack. I'm getting an imitation one of those at some point. But that's when it comes out from her that she said no and she wanted him to stop. But he just kept going anyway. And Paige, or Hazel says, you know, if you said no, that's rape. And Paige cries and cries and she's very upset because she doesn't want to face the fact that this terrible thing happened to her, you know. I'm sure that in her mind, she has this perfect life. Terrible things don't happen to her. And now she's having to face this, you know, horrendous thing. Okay, so we're back to Mr. Radich has found out about all the arguments that uh, JT and Toby have been having. So he has come to set things straight with, in his classical Mr. Radich way. He's always been annoying like this, even in the Durassi Junior High when he was less authoritative. And he says to the boys... Now, remember, what are the three C's? And they say, cohabitation requires coordinated cooperation. Their earrings are the exact same. It's pretty funny. (laughs) They just got, like, wider ones for Paige. They just got, like, a pack of multiple. Oh, yeah, more ads. Like icing. They got, like, a three-pack of different color earrings. They might have, well, I mean, like, I feel like that's what you'd probably do, right? You'd be like, just buy the whole earring rack, you know? Yeah, and, like, their earrings are cheap, but especially if you're going to wear it one time for, like, one one to two days and a couple scenes, it's going to hold up for that amount of usage. Although... Not worth it to get something more expensive. I was seeing, like, the, like whatever the school theater stuff and like obviously they're donated stuff but some of the shoes are like dior or whatever you're like can i have these dior shoes that'd be very gay all right so co coordinated cock sucking cohabitation requires coordinated cooperation cohabitation Cohabitation requires coordinated cooperation. I want to show you my abs. Uh, no thank you. I want to access my feelings. Be apologetic. Slap it. (laughs) That is from Bob's Burgers. 
very good show. Very much recommended. Hazel is being the educating voice in the episode saying, hey, you should go to a clinic, get tested, get a pregnancy test, etc., etc. Uh, I hey, mean, not the, like, easiest thing to do. No, not the easiest thing to do, but it's trying to encourage whoever's watching this. You know, that you need to do something like that if your body, you know, is in danger. I really want to have an educational moment sting on the soundboard, but I haven't really been able to think of a good one. Like, the deleted scene one is super perfect. Um, It's, like, hard for me to, like, zero in on an equally good one for that. While we were sleeping last night, the episode passed that is the one where she says, I can't believe you deleted me. I can't believe you deleted me. And delete your life. Uh that would be a better one. I'm gonna load that one in. I'm gonna load that one in too. You should do both versions, the Connor version. And the Claire version. Here are my notes. Second and third deleted. Claire, deleted memory. Connor, spoof. (laughs) Hopefully my brain understands what that means later. (laughs) Claire, deleted memory. Connor, spoof. I must have been drunk. (laughs) Nah, I know, like, I'm, I have enough Degrassi brain memory, uh, you know, diverted that I'll, I'll understand that. Paige says, my business, my problem. So, you know, basically telling Hazel, mind your own business. The unfortunate thing is Paige isn't ready to deal with her trauma. This is a very difficult part of trauma, especially trauma like this that involves something where someone did something to you all you want to do is curl up and hide forget that it happened you know and just there's just several ways to react but um oftentimes people don't even want to report it you know or acknowledge that it was a crime because they're so traumatized you know I've been in experiences where I've had that and it's like really hard and it takes time to get to the point where you actually do the thing you need to do to protect yourself in terms of, you know, legal, etc. action. As with Degrassi, they don't always do a great job with every traumatic event. They leave some holes in this one. But in some of the future episodes where they feature rape and assault, again, they fill in some of those gaps. Like when Darcy experiences rape in a future season, Manny is like reading a pamphlet that says like they need to heal at their own pace and they can't be pushed into things they're not ready for, like reporting, telling their family, etc. It has to be at their own pace. Fortunate as it is, again, have someone you can trust 
who is on your sides and also but yeah it's one of those things like if Paige had went earlier to the doctors they could have had DNA samples even if like he wore a condom safe sex all the way that doesn't you know which again they're terribly invasive things so you need to someone you can trust and again like you said it's if you want to do that Ugh, I hate this episode yeah these are some of the harder episodes to watch so but buckle up because this is just the beginning <laughs> on the trauma scale I'll give this one a good 7 but you know wait till we ding ding hit those 10s there's a few of them bracing myself but that brings us to the end of part one of shout Paige is still in pain and we will pick it up in part two of shout how will Paige deal with the aftermath of the horrible thing that's happened to her and who will support her who will not Next time, we'll listen to PMS Form. It's our first Degrassi band. See you then.